You're listening to The Big Shiny Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Nick. This is Lucas. This is John. This is Tom. This is Tyson. And you're listening to The Big Shiny Podcast. Tom and his recording <laughs> Hey, guys. <laughs> Big Shiny Podcast, episode 468. Still here in the basement. No one's let me out. But it's real weird. Real weird. Real word. Motherfuckers. Are we recording? Yep. Uh, that's for you, Rebecca. <clears throat> Wait for her audible groan. Mm. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I talked to Rebecca's ghost on Slack last week. Oh, yeah? How is she? I'm impressed she can type. She's good. She has she's a, a ghostwriter. Yeah, she works from home doing something. Yeah, No, she's a ghost and she writes. Oh, yeah. Ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Like that TV show that was based on the books? Ghostwriter! Yeah. Hey, by the way, I have an idea for a webcomic with Rebecca. Uh, it's called Business Ghosts. <laughs> and it's it's ghosts that are taking care of their unfinished business, but it's actually just their job. <laughs> so they're just Pat like... Pending, motherfuckers. Just don't like, steal my idea. They're just like filing paperwork. Just like doing business meetings, but they're just like little ghosts in business suits. That's brilliant. I know. I'm surprised that no one's thought about it because I searched the internet. Well, I thought of that idea first. Copyright. I'm drawing a ghost right now. In a suit. How many? How many? How many times do those ghosts have to put a pin in things? <laughs> like, here's the thing, guys. I should be dead, but all y'all motherfuckers put pins in all this stuff we're dealing with right now. <laughs> have you guys noticed how, like, the beginning of our podcast have started to be an update on what Rebecca's doing? <laughs> Even though, like, listeners of the Hello Sweetie podcast probably get that all the time anyway but for some reason we have to update when i'm out there next month i should try to do a live update you should from oh. within the apartment Inter- interview <laughs> so interview funny. rebecca's ghost while mm. you're at oh my god i'd be amazing put some effects on her voice mm-hmm. i can take i can take the zoom my zoom out there. yeah do it and, Reve- and a recorder and then we'll put like a ton of reverb and like <laughs> like a phaser on it so it's like i'll get her to go Ooh. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing i'm not even joking i don't know so, why we're joking about somebody's death comics and collectibles it's not our fault she died Oh, you're looking at me? Yeah. yeah. Didn't well, we actually, see so this week, we were short yeah. a fella because he has some stuff to take care of. So comics is going to wait emergency. a bit. So we're going to do collectibles da, 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 and more video games because... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. It's not a long time, Tom. It's a hint at where John is. So continue. <laughs> Nick got it. <laughs> so Nick, Kid Robot, has been putting out some super cool Bob's so, Burger shit. We, so we saw the... the some vinyl figures. We saw Beef Squatch. Yeah. What was the Tina one? Was it just? I think it was it, dancing. It was Tina a, a butts Tina. It was a butts Tina. No, no, or was no. it um the one where she moves her hairpin over and she's, oh, it's, uh, it's bad Tina. She's bad, bad Tina. Yeah, she's sassy Tina. Tina. Yeah, yeah, it's bad Tina. And then, um, I think it was last week. Fucking, I can't keep track of what my life is anymore. Mm. Last week they released. Uh, they're doing little Bob's Burgers keychains, and dude, they're so fucking. They have uh, they have a burger board like the burger of the day. We have the erotic friend fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I gotta get my phone out. They have the uh, Bob and My Little Pony cosplay. God, from when they go to the fucked up convention. Yeah, uh, I just gotta pull up this picture. Um, they look amazing. I so I really like the keychains. I have a couple of little Futurama ones. Well, and I've always liked so, Kid Robot. It just felt a little stale for the last well, year or and, two. Like they haven't really come out with like a ton of new stuff. Bob's Burgers is a good one to so, come back to. Yeah. Say, they haven't had a new IP. They did do a bunch of Ninja Turtle shit. They did, know? and I didn't. I have a hard time uh, with Ninja Turtle swag. What were you gonna say, Tom? 
I was going to say, how do these keychains hold up compared to? So, Pops uh, Funko started doing some of their keychains. I guarantee. And their dog shit, like they just a billion times the better. paint rubs off. The paint like rubs off, and week. the top like clippy part that holds oh, on breaks oh. off in like a week. Like yeah. I've had people give those to me, like, "Oh, you'll love this keychain," and it falls off my keychain three days later. See so, now, on the other hand, the Toki Doki that Spider Man, mm-hmm. I've had that on every backpack, and it's no paint is worn off. It hasn't gotten beat up. Sick. Yeah, yeah so my kid robots, my Bob's Burgers, or yeah, my kid robot ones. I have the few drama ones. They're all holding yeah. up just fine. They're yeah. great. Kid Sp- robot ones are fine. Speaking of like vinyl pops, you know what hits Walmart next month, right? What? Don't care. It's at Walmart. It doesn't matter. It's the yes, Loyal it Subjects full Street Fighter line hits Walmart. Um, and that's only... already at Target, bro. What? Yeah. Since when? Or no, it's DBZ at Target. Sorry. Yeah, no. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus sorry. Christ, man. Sorry. Don't. Sorry, do I didn't that. mean to do that. You're destroying America, Tom. I am. I am, but I'm gonna get my Street Fighter. Make America Tom again. <laughs> episode title a lot of weird porn a lot of video games a lot of not giving a fuck i just can't yeah, i can't amazing. do it man i haven't been in one in like six years oh, i'm just gonna order it from walmart.com no it's not because i don't have to go in there Tom, emily made me go to the mall i was real upset about it Ooh. like these are the kind of people i don't need to associate with at any given point in time why am i here i go to the mall to go to the lego store and i go straight to the lego store get my shit and leave immediately. I actually like glanced in there when I walked by to see if like you or Quinn was in there. I mean, <laughs> I had a pretty fucking good chance. Just, apparently, <laughs> I missed Quinn by like five minutes the other day when I was there. But that son of a bitch. Quinn doesn't have a beard, so he's not a real human. Well, right, and I like I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him anyway. I'm having lunch with Quinn on Tuesday. Do you guys have any messages you'd like me yeah, to take? Grow your, your beard, beard back. back. Hold on. Does that need an underline? Uh, mm-hmm. An exclamation point. And probably, it's Tyson, prob- so like six exclamation yeah, points. And probably all caps. Also, fuck you, Quinn. Add that there, too. That's rude. Mm. I do what I want. This is all complicated. It's very complicated. <laughs> so, Tom, I think you're full of shit, because every... <laughs> nope. every this end, is a collectible end. thing. <laughs> so, I think you're full of shit, because every month this year... I'm going to exaggerate. Every month this year, on the itinerary... <laughs> it's been, all three. It's all three of them. <laughs> Joe's Anime Shop. I'm going to Joe's Anime Shop, guys, and then right before the episode, you're like, nah, I didn't go. Yeah. And so you said you were going this time, and I said, spoiler alert, you don't go, but you're saying you did. I went. So I left work at 145 today because I was like, it's on the way home. I'm going to Joe's Anime Shop. Where? Where's this So place? it's on, it's right next to the Maverick Center. So you know that uh, the corner where um, uh, Wise Guys used to be in yeah. West Valley? It's two doors down from there. Oh, okay. In that little shopping center. <laughs> Sounds ghetto as shit. It, it yeah. is. And that's so- there's <laughs> a, a perfect spot for There's it. a donut shop there called Donut Boy that's like voodoo donuts. And so that's how I found it because I go get these awesome fucking cereal donuts on Sundays. And one day I'm walking over and I'm like, does that say anime shop? And I look up and sure as shit, there's a giant fucking sign that's like Joe's Anime Shop. And when was this? When, when was this, this that was you discovered it? Like three months ago. Okay. So hold so, on. So just to recap- You've been meaning to go into this store for right. three months. Three months, and I went today. A store that is not only directly on your commute home, yes. so like a two-minute detour to pull in there. Yes. And not only do you literally go to the business right next door <laughs> well, to it every the, Sunday. Well, right, but they're not open Sundays at 9 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's different because they but don't you open. You can't get donuts on a Saturday? Uh, why would I do that? Sundays are donuts are a Sunday thing. Dude, you got – hey, listen. We talked about fucking Jeopardy. You have things that you do. Yeah. It's I played just, Jeopardy yeah. yesterday. It's things in your life that you do. Yeah. And fucking for Tom, it's Sunday donuts morning donuts. Sunday. So tell me about this creepy anime shop. So I see this anime shop and I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to fucking go in here. And my whole mo- motive was like, you know what? I bet they sell a bunch of statues and I bet they do like the Kotobukiya stuff. And I would love mm. to buy some Kotobukiya. And if they're local, I'll support a local company. So 
I go in there, and this kid's on the phone behind the counter on his laptop talking what sounded to be like shady business, but to him it was important business. And it was kind of like walking into a Comic-Con booth because they had about that much merchandise. <laughs> so they had like a glass. They had like Thomas throwing the shit hard. I'm throwing it hard because I was really... I don't think they're ever going to be a sponsor. I mean, they might, uh. but like, so you walk in. They <laughs> <laughs> listen to this episode. I didn't get to pitch the kid because he was on the phone. So you look to the left and there's like the glass cabinets. And inside there, there's like all these statues. I'm like, oh, I don't really know what these are. Um... So that's a thing. I don't know what they are really. And then I look up and there's more of them. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go look at these Kotobukiya statues. And I walk down and they're all just like anime stuff I don't understand. So it's like deep cut anime. Like deep cut, yeah. <laughs> so then, hmm. and there's like these little hangs. And then they have like some Funko Pops. And they did have the entire line of the Street Fighter Funkos that just came out. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They have those. I'm not buying any more Funko Pops, but it's great they have them. And then I look to the right and they have this giant TV playing anime with like a viewing couch on it. And then right behind that, there's just like a wall of keychains and giant Pokemon plushies. And that's all that's in the store. That's it. Was there no like Nintendo, the Figma figures or nothing? Androids? Nope. Was that Joe? Do you think on the phone? Did you? It might have been Joe. I didn't get to talk to Joe. I was going to say, hey, Joe, do you get the Kotobukiya statues? But Joe was in some real deep business about something. See, and I just mm-hmm. imagine Joe is like, you know, your stereotypical internet weeaboo, mm-hmm. like a big fedora wearing neck beard with like a pillow that he married. So, no neck beard. Krieger. Oh, man. I bet there was a fedora behind the counter, and I did not see any any cuddle pillows. Right, did you see some maybe beaded curtains that you have to have special access to did, get back there? No, none of them. So, speaking of the weird shit with anime, uh, I was on a video game site, which, if you guys recall, video game sites back when we were, like, teenagers were sketchy as shit and had tons of porn ads. Do you guys remember that? Like what when video you, game sites are you going no, to? No, when you go to like the, the cheats or tips and tricks. Just, oh, all I yeah, ever did yeah, was yeah. type in like video game, whatever I'm playing, cheat codes. Yeah, yeah those sites were always sketchy. Yeah, so I was I looked up some ad or something and I went to the bottom and there was this really creepy anime ad at the bottom and I showed Danielle and be like, look, this is what the internet used to be like. And it was for those mouse pads, which I'm sure you guys recall. That's tits. Where it's the pair of <laughs> plush mm-hmm. boobs instead of the... Yeah, for, for wrist support. Yeah, with but the anime girl saying really creepy things about, like, to the master, quote unquote, that owns the pad. I wonder if anybody's ever made those that it's guys' balls. I bet it's out there. I'd have those on my desk. I'm trademarking it now, Tom. <laughs> I'm trademarking that now. No, Tom's backing oh. me up. I was like, what? I don't know what's happening here. And, like, your wrist goes where, like, the shaft should yeah, be? Yeah, like, yeah, right along the but shaft. your wrist would go on the balls. And if you move so the like, mouse... But, like, right here, but, like, your hand. And, and if you start moving the mouse too fast, like, a little line will start swelling up in the middle of the mouse pad. Maybe it's, like, heat sensitive and, like, it's a little warm mm, up top. Yeah. These are starting to sound like pretty expensive mouse pads, you guys. <laughs> so it took 10 minutes to get to the dick jokes? <laughs> Listen... Have so, you ever been on like a like go to the PC gaming subreddit? Those motherfuckers will buy anything. I have mm-hmm. no reason to go to that subreddit. No, no, no. Go look because those motherfuckers will buy anything. <laughs> they will spend two hundred dollars on special caps for their keyboard. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, yeah. I mean, I got a mechanical keyboard at work. I know it doesn't feel special. It doesn't bother me, but I know it drives other people crazy, uh-huh. and that gives me joy. It's Bentley and I both have one. Bentley had two. And when he moved over, somebody complained about it. And I was like, give me your other one. <laughs> they just They're just they like, Bentley's a hard typer. I'm yeah. like, no, he's not. So he old, just has a mechanical keyboard. This is all clicky kind. You can buy him quiet. Oh, really? But, yeah. but why? It's gonna, why the fuck would you do that? I actually feel like it's not any quieter than the shitty Logitech one that I usually have. Yeah, they're pretty loud. Tom, you bought a cool Mondo thing? I did. So Mondo does music. And they do Mondo some... Posters. Dude, Mondo Mondo's posters. Mondo's vinyl section is... 
legit. Yeah. This is impressive. So they're releasing limited edition Castlevania vinyl prints. So I bought, uh, this is about two months old. I bought the Castlevania one. And the art is by Becky Cloonan. Um, this is actually the poster I have in my office. Same thing. It's oh, really yeah. Cool. I remember you were really excited that you actually got that because you didn't yeah. think you were going you knew to. I recognize that. Yeah. And so you, on the cover, they've got Becky Cloonan's thing. It's got Dracula behind um, Simon Belmont holding a dagger with a whip on a pile of red skulls. When you open, it's got two, uh, two LPs. Um, they are, no, sorry, just one LP. But when you open it up, it's got the full world map of the first Castlevania. That's so dope. The That's entire cool. dungeon map. And then the back has her Medusa art, which is super sick. So that's really cool. So it's a thirty-three. Yeah. But it's not regular thirty-three size. Yeah, it's it's like a middle size one, but it still plays at thirty-three. It's super dope. And so is that the old eight-bit style soundtrack or mm-hmm. nice? Oh, this is the other sick part. So side A. Nice. And then side B. Oh, that's cool. It's the werewolf. Yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah, go check out Mondo's vinyl section. Like, so they have Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil. Luke Cage is yellow, and it's like a, I think it's a four LP. Jessica Jones is all purple. Daredevil yeah. is all red. I've gotten oh, a cool. Shaun of the Dead one a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, they have a bunch of cool vinyl. Like, dude, Mondo is, all There's, their I pins are on fucking I got their point. Spider-Man pins this yeah. week. That well, new Spider-Man print that they released this week. Oh, yeah, I was sick. That was pretty cool, too. Did you, uh, oh, this is so much of a tangent, but there were, today was like Spider-Man day for me. There was oh, a, the, the poster. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys see the poster? The new hot, oh, I saw the new hot toy. I didn't see the hot toy. I saw the poster. Oh my there's two well, posters actually the international poster is he's just i'll show you in the break yeah he's on avengers tower mm-hmm. just attached above the new york skyline oh, that's cool and his suit looks super dope you can see the mechanical his, yeah. web yeah. shooter and then the other one is it's like the city's behind him and yeah he's the, on his you back. can see avengers tower like the city is very different looking and he's just on his back and he's got like a jacket on and nice. just, like totally looks like just a kid hanging out yeah. he's got his summer. headphones on yeah. yeah well the cool thing is i mean i guess kind of spoiler alert but the uh hot toys that they released of spider-man today or mm. or showed off is his first costume his homemade costume and the thing i like about it is it's scarlet spider is what it reminded yeah. me of. It's very similar to that. Yeah, and it's just it's, it's like it's, a hoodie and sweatpants. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but it's cool because it's it's a blue hoodie, right? Like, or is it the red hoodie and he's got blue underneath it? I can't remember. Well, he's got. A, I know he's got the blue sweats, and I think it's like a hoodie with the sleeves cut off, maybe because yeah. it's got a. It is. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the like but a it, sweatshirt. Mm. But it's, to a, me, it's, it a, looks, it's a red hoodie with the blue sleeves. Yeah, so it's like inverse uh, Scarlet Spider. But yeah. I, that's what I. The first th- thing I saw that, or the first thing I thought of when I saw that was oh this is like scarlet spider kind of which is cool no i was digging that too and Um, it's interesting to see the he's got some kind of goggles that have the different yeah like focal lengths kind of yeah yeah to help him see Uh, i was gonna ask you um with so you said hot toys what was the little wonka thing that jj got from 3a oh so i had the chance to get one of those two and i passed i don't know I don't know why that was such a big fucking deal. But <laughs> so you, they sent out um, these little Wonka. They're like robots. It's like a square cube robot with these little legs and this goofy face on the side of it. And when you bought it, it was like 40 bucks. You got a golden ticket, like a Willy Wonka style golden ticket. And you use that to trade in towards buying like a, a golden one of those things. And that was it. Like I... I think, I'm so sure it's like if you're a super rare, but... 3A collector type person. And if you love those robots, and I, I don't really care for the robots as much, so right. I didn't it's, jump down that it's rabbit like, hole. So back to Kid Robot, it's like people that are super into the dunnies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like they're constantly posting these different types of dunnies. They're so and, expensive. Well, 
that and like even like they have like different alt ones like that a sriracha one and stuff i don't care because they're boring yeah like mm-hmm. i don't care which way you dress it up i'm not interested yeah so it's kind of like that's it's that's their Funko thing Pops. like it's their, it well yeah but these are quality things and like they make ones yeah. that are fucking four feet tall and cost a thousand dollars i never got like two three hundred bucks i never did i thought yeah. i did think like when the sriracha one came out i thought that was kind of funny and for a and six inch the, for like 10 bucks right but then they came out with the the alternate version of it where it was it looked like Drain. the bottle was like three quarters empty yeah. and mm. it was clear i thought that was cool so that's clever but like it's a lot clever, of the ones but, they uh, do are yeah. not very and i, I feel like it's kind of like that yeah. thing like it's their mascot and they that's what you know they have artists do cool things but i just never got into them yeah well, vinyl was a big thing years back it's not as big now yeah so to wrap up my mondo thing real fast so the reason i brought that out is they just released castlevania 2 Mm-hmm. Uh, sound, uh, Simon's Quest soundtrack with a different artist doing the cover and then they also did Castlevania 3 The Curse of Dracula um, and The Curse of Dracula is a double vinyl 180 gram LP uh, super super so they've got it's audiophile I mean yeah and it's they're 20 and 30 so 50 bucks to get the pair but these are the type of things that like you throw up in an album frame and you hang yeah look pretty sick so and that's the I'm getting ahead of myself. Some of the stuff with the Zelda, the way they did the soundtrack is super cool. And I've been trying to track it down and there's no way to get it outside of that special edition one. And that would be rad to have like a Mondo Zelda release of the new game soundtrack. Oh my God, right? With some custom artwork. Any video game. I, I think that's a really neat market for them. Yeah. So I'm... Yeah, Mondo's been just smart with where they're going with stuff. And actually, in the fear it's going to sell out, I'm just going to order those right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tyson, yeah, you want to talk video games since John's not here to talk yeah, comics? Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So, Tom, hurry up and order that because you're supposed to do this with me. Okay, Tom, good. He ordered it. He ordered it. Yeah, they're. I'm, it. I have to log in, but they're in my cart. Okay. So, um, Mass Effect. I played one and part of two. I never finished two, never but finished you were a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I regret it. I loved the. <laughs> I loved the the first trilogy. Um, I was one of the people that was a little bit more forgiving of the ending of of the third one. I mean, I was a little bitter about it, but I, I still felt that the trilogy as a whole was a lot of fun to play through. Um, so then they announced, you know, a year and a half ago or something like that, that they were that Mass Effect Andromeda was coming, and rumors were that it was a prequel. Rumors were that it was a sequel so on and so forth. The, the cool thing is about the story itself is that it is kind of both. Um, hmm. So essentially it's uh, these four giant ships, uh, one carrying humans, one carrying Solarians, one carrying Ansari, uh, and I can't remember the, the fourth alien race, but they all leave Earth or the Milky Way and go find to find a new galaxy. So they're leaving the galaxy. It's a 600 year trip. The ships will fly themselves. Everyone goes into cryo. The ships leave over the course between Mass Effect 2 and 3. So kind of right in the midst of the tr- of the original trilogy. So sure. there's a lot of familiarity there with um, kind of the technology, the look and feel of things. But they get away with it because technically the era of the ship and the characters and everything is still within that same Mass Effect thing. Mm-hmm. Except it's 600 years later now, and they're they're out of cryo, and they've come to this new galaxy. Um, and the story starts out: uh, the only the human ship has made it uh, to this new galaxy, and there was a space station out there that they built that they had sent ahead, and, and people had been manning. Um, 
the human ship is the only one that makes it. And your guy is the son of uh, a man named Alec Ryder, who is quote unquote, the pathfinder. And he's charged with leading the ship and humanity. So each ship has their own pathfinder to one of the golden planets on in this galaxy. Hmm. And the golden planets are planets that they found that's, you know, they should sustain life. They should be earth-like. They should, you know, be lush and green and have water and be perfect for sustaining human life. Things don't go exactly right when they arrive. Um, they arrive super late and things have happened on the space station. There's been revolts and everything because they've been running low on supplies because the ships were supposed to bring a shit ton of supplies with them. Mm -hmm. And so the general gist of it, I'm about 25, 30 hours in, is that just like any other Mass Effect game, you're exploring this new galaxy you're going to different planets. Um, there's like side missions. There's your main mission. And your goal is to try to find um, golden planets and new planets for humanity to live. And you actually end up finding these pillars left by an ancient race that terraform the planet. So you find out even if you find a crappy planet, you know, if you can, you can manage exploring in like spacesuits and stuff. If you can go activate these towers, then it'll terraform the world but you don't know anything about these towers all you know is somehow this ai that's integrated with you knows how to talk to it and so the temples that you have to go through the the vaults that you have to go into to activate them are kind of like dungeons and stuff like that so hmm. it's that pretty, pretty fun i mean it's 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 mass effect is essentially what it is i mean it's now it seems like there's been a big hubbub about people not digging it or yeah so, so so the hubbub that I caught that, on that to... That sounds interesting. Yeah. And I, I switched off pretty quickly because I fucking hate gamers. And... <laughs> they're the worst. They're the worst people, and I'm one of them. And, you know, people... They were going after this woman who claimed to be the lead facial animator on Mass Effect Andromeda. EA came out and was like, no, she doesn't fucking work for us. But anyway... <laughs> So people are saying that like the facial animations and rigs were janky and they didn't look right and they were kind of awkward and some of the movement was weird in the game. And so that was everybody's complete basis to just go after this game. Now the other reviews were like lukewarm. It was getting like 3.5 out of 5, 7 out of 10, 7.5 out of 10. So worth playing but nothing that's right. to write home and, about. And so I think in my mind what the hubbub is, hubbub is I guess everybody expects Bioware to produce 10 after 10 after 10 after 10 after 10. And it's interesting because one of the articles I actually shared was like this is the worst math this is the worst rpg that bioware has ever done and i fucking call bullshit because the sonic rpg they did was complete <laughs> fucking dog shit and clearly they never played that game if they think this is I worse think, than that we talked about you and i just talked about this offline like it's just a thing to hate on anything mm -hmm. like there's so much yeah. extra hate well, the, on if everything it's a, if it's a popular thing in yeah. mass effect the first mm -hmm. trilogy was huge and so, well, it's... and, the, and no, people, sorry to catch up, but people love to see these big things fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like why the third game happen. people just dogged on it. Yeah, exactly. And and again, um, I, I did the ending of the first Mass Effect trilogy have problems? Absolutely, yes. But yeah. did the trilogy as a whole excite me and satisfy me and tell an enthralling story as a gamer? Absolutely, yes. You mm -hmm. know, sure, it didn't, you know, but there's plenty of movies that, you know, are great trilogies and it doesn't really cross the finish line as strong as it could. Mm -hmm. Christopher Nolan's Batman, in my opinion, is, is something like that, you know? Um, but to kind of address some of those issues, like the facial animations, I don't, I wouldn't say any of them have appeared to be wonky. Are they a little inexpressive at times? Yes. But in my experience playing other games that are open world like this, uh, most recently to kind of compare it, uh, Witcher 3, 
like when you're mm-hmm. interacting with somebody in you know one of those one-on-one scenes where you're controlling the dialogue it to me it doesn't look much different is it a little maybe a I mean, little worse maybe because witcher 3 is pretty fucking perfect no it is and i so maybe that's a bad example but but, but i get what you're saying you what like in saying, those big rpgs you know something has to be sacrificed and, and <clears throat> or sometimes sacrifices have to be made well and and i think also too because this is something i noticed like playing gears 4 when you shoot for realism in a game right because <clears throat> gears 4 does this they do these really really complex facial rigs because they want like the lips and the everything to move independently mm-hmm. and it looks a little weird like the faces look a little bulky and beefy because so got so much packed into the rig. Yeah, exactly. Because the rig has 4,500,000 million joints packed into this jaw area. And so I think it could be something like that because they were shooting for hyper-realism, right? I, and I would agree with you. So I, I, that's what I wanted to know from you is just, is it as janky as people say? Or I don't, I mean, does it I pull think, you out of the game or do you adapt to the art style after 10 minutes and you're playing compl- the fucking game? To me, it looks like a Mass Effect game. It looks like a Mass Effect game on a next-gen console. So graphics are a little better. Like, yeah. But for me, as a Mass Effect fan, I jumped into it. I picked up the controller the day it came out um, and started playing it. And within, I don't know, an hour, I was invested. And the writing is really, really good. It's got some cheeseball lines, but so yeah. did the original Mass Effect. I mean, or most sci-fi. Yeah, yeah and, really. it, and it's sci-fi. And it's actually the thing is, is aside from the cheesy lines, there's actually some genuine built-in humor that is legitimately funny. Where mm-hmm. I actually chuckled a little bit. You know, the first time he has like a team meeting with his new crew and he's become the pathfinder and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And the whole team is all kind of infighting and he gets them to calm down a little bit and they all just leave the room. And he's like, like they're all leaving and he's just like, good, good meeting guys. I I think this is all going to go really well. You know, it's, it's funny. And I'm actually liking the character of, you know, in my case, um, so there's actually twins in here. And so you can pick, which twin you play as, um, so boy or girl. And uh-huh. so in my case, the, the male of the twins. And right now my sister is, my twin sister is stuck in her cryopod, like during a accident, during the opening cinematic, she gets stuck in there and like, you'll, she'll eventually get out and you'll have interactions and stuff with her. Hmm. Um, but that's kind of how you determine male or female. So unlike the first game where your, your main character was Shepard, and you either made Shepard a boy or a girl and then designed that character. This one, if you want to play as a boy or a girl, it's either Scott or Sarah is my understanding. Which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, Bioware's always been pretty big on choose your adventure. Yeah, and just like other Bioware games, you can strike up romances with various people in your crew, whether it be alien, male or female, you know, whatever. There's like that whole open-ended right. thing. So which is which is pretty interesting, um, but I mean, it feels like a Mass Effect game. I would say, if you weren't a fan of the first Mass Effect series, but maybe you want to try this game out, then yeah, it's probably a seven point five. If you're a fan of the Mass Effect series, it's probably more like a nine. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, it's there's a lot of games like that that I feel the same way. You know. Um... I can't think of it. Like, actually, the last Castlevania runs to be topical. Castlevania Lords of Shadow. I think the first Lords of Shadow, if Castlevania is not your jam, is like a six, five, seven. For me, it was like a high eight because I fucking love Castlevania. Same with the sequel, the final one. Everyone's like, yeah, it's eight. Everyone's like, it's bland. It's drab. The story was fucking beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. Because it's fucking Castlevania and it's what I wanted. And that's and that's how I feel about <clears> this. This is Mass Effect. It feels like Mass Effect. It's a new story. It's new characters. 
The writing's well done. There's lots to do. There's beautiful worlds to explore. And it's it feels good to be playing a Mass Effect game again. And, uh, and I'll be, like I said, I haven't beat the game by any means. 20, about 25 hours into it, but I'm loving it. So, so and I think, that's good to hear. I think part of that issue, and this could be me generalizing, which I tend to do, but... You know, I think the game journalists, for the most part, there's some sites that I feel can go fuck themselves. But for the most part, they have, you know, they're experienced, strong, intelligent members of the industry, and they're going to give their opinion. And that's all it is, right? It's an opinion. That was real weird. Uh, sorry, you guys just drank, and I think you did it on purpose. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, however, you know, I think what happens is a couple meekle, couple meekle, <laughs> Jesus, Winkle. A, a couple people make a quick comment that's very similar to the idea of like, I don't think this is good because I noticed this thing and this thing bothers me. And then somebody else picks up on it and spins up and suddenly the troll factions dive in. And so pretty soon you get, well, this game is garbage and it sucks, much like what happened to the the Ghostbusters movie, right? Because the hive mind assaults. And really like, so to say something like, this is the worst Bioware RPG yet, isn't making a very bold statement when almost every fucking Bioware RPG has been damn near perfect. Sure. This is the worst Game of Thrones episode yet. Oh no, it's not quite as good as the last 10 perfect ones they put out. So I think people take these really bold and brazen statements and then they run down people and victimize people. And, you know, at the end of the day, these people are doing a fucking job. So back the hell off. Like game development is a job. People are passionate about it. But some of these people probably just clock out, go home, and are done. Well, and I, I want to say too, like as a developer, I don't, I don't make video games. But so, a good way to example would be like you've got movies, you've got print design, you've got um, video games, you've got web development. There's a lot more that goes into a website, and there's a lot of factors of how it's used at different places and who uses it and what sizes. And a video game is like a big movie that you interact with. Yeah. And there's so many variables. Especially a game like things. Mass Effect where there's exactly. open-ended dialogue and it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. Decision thing. trees and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so there's lots of little tiny places that something could go wrong or there's lots of sacrifices that need to be made. Whereas in a movie, it's like, all right, well, Brad Pitt's the star. He's going to be up front. We know this and here's the shot and this guy's going to take care of it and make sure it's perfect. It's going to be two and a half hours long and we're going to do these effects and that's all we have to do. Well, and Whereas the video game, you know, it's a team of... 50, 100 people to make that one cinematic thing happen. And yeah. it's because this guy modeled Shepard and this guy modeled this thing and this yep. guy made them the interact and this guy did this. Well, and, and take it back to that too. If this game had come out with that in mind, with being a super tight script, it would be an eight hour game. Sure. And then everybody would lose their shit. I paid 60 bucks. This is eight hours long. And it's only eight hours. At the end, mm-hmm. when, again, I, I disagree with that. If a game is eight hours long, but the story arc is perfect and it, drives emotion it was like an hour and a half yeah then guess what they did their job they delivered their message for me a game that's eight hours long is respectful and i also find it a little fucked up that these same people i would bet that are ragging on mass effect are forgiving oblivion and skyrim and fallout 4 which are notoriously buggy games but oh, they're so big, it happens. Well, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, but so that's effect. probably a better comparison than The Witcher 3 is if you've ever played, if you've played Fallout 4, like the newest one, those facial animations, almost the same thing in Mass Effect. I mean, just kind of, they look good enough for the story, but you, you if you know what, that there's so much more going on around the game, 
it's okay. The writing's good. You're invested yeah. in the characters. They've made you care about the characters. The fact that, you know, their lips aren't moving as much as in other games isn't bothering yeah. me. And, and see, I think this is... Sorry, Tom. No, go ahead. I just have a, an industry thing to comment on about it. So uh, this is... I don't want to keep going back to it, but I've been playing Zelda, like, non-fucking-stop. And I've been watching like... some, yeah, movies and different things, and it's interesting the dissections that they've made of comparing this game to Skyrim, Fallout... Uh, all these other games. And f one of the big things that is to Nintendo's advantage that turns off some people like John is the art style gives them so much room to be more mm -hmm. uh, more caricatures of all these people. They can yep. be more animated and they get away with doing that. If you're shooting for a hyper-realistic game... You don't have any room. Yeah, you're gonna... Mm -hmm. There's no room to fuck up and there's no room for, oh, okay, like, whatever, this quirky character's mouth doesn't move as much or what have you. Yeah. So, there's not any room for interpretation. So my final point, and this is just a suspicion I have. So in my line of work, I talk to a lot of people that actually work for this company. And something that I have been told with Electronic Arts specifically is they don't they do not do rigging in the standard – like they don't always have like a rigging artist sit down and rig a face. They actually have developers and code engineers writing rigging sequences and rigging code to push all of that into the facial rigging. And they use that rigging system across all of their software. So they use it for Madden, UFC, FIFA. All of their facial and body rigging is being done through this and then being tweaked, right? So there's also a fairly good chance that this was done using that software as well to help speed up the pipeline to get this game out faster than shorter. Yeah. That, well, especially a game like Mass Effect. The, well, but it's, it's been... Massive game. The scriptification of design as a whole could be a four-hour conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. And none of nobody would listen to it, but right. but it's a it's thing going after your job and the people you work with's job and our job too. Yeah, like probably your job. I don't know. And, I don't actually know what you do. You're the Chandler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not coming after my job. But 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 I mean, <laughs> so you think? But that's the point. Is like a lot of these people that are rigging artists are now also code monkeys that are sitting down and writing out these rigging scripts to make this happen and working through various pipelines. I just contracted a course on Python for special effects. Yeah. Like that's a thing that happens. And so we have to take that into account too and realize that if if you're gonna to want to jump into these big budget blockbuster games, you're gonna see they're some gonna of have that. sacrifices made. Like if you go see the new big Will Smith mm -hmm. summer blockbuster, sacrifices are made to that story. Yeah. yeah. That story's not good, but the effects are real and, good. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm not defending shitty work, but I am saying you're playing Mass Effect right now. Potentially, if they hadn't done it this way, and I don't know for certain they had done it this way, but I would assume that the studio they're doing it with and the company they work for, they probably did. You wouldn't actually see Mass Effect for another year or two because otherwise somebody would have to sit down and go through and do all of these models versus a type of auto rigging. Well, keep system. in mind, too, though, sure. it's been five to seven years since Mass Effect 3 came out. I mean, it's not like been developing. It, yeah, right. But I'm saying like it's not. Like that trilogy ended and you know how sometimes all of a sudden they push a new one out two years later. Right. There is a pretty good chunk of time. And so, and I've heard people bitch about that too, is that it's been so long, but it's, you don't know what the development cycle was just because it's been seven years since Mass Effect 3. It doesn't mean they've been working on Mass Effect Andromeda for seven years. It, you know, exactly. and like ideas and script ideas and character ideas could have been like in the pipeline and mulling around and having meetings about it. But for all you know, development started on it two years ago. And to push that further, based on the response to the ending of Mass Effect 3 and the amount of DLC work and patching they did to deal with y'all, they probably didn't start this new one for a minute because yeah. I wouldn't. Well, and <clears throat> that's one final thing I want to mention is the way that they do the prequel sequel thing with this. I, I, I think 
was really smart on their part and maybe it's not unique but it's unique to me i haven't really seen anything like it before but the fact that their timeline starts in the original mass effect trilogy but now that's 600 years in the past and they're so far away they don't know what's happened to the events in the events of mass effect 3 like they can tap on the nostalgia from 2 everybody exactly loved, and there's even and like ahead of it. there's even a character from mass effect 3 um that you can find recordings from her uh, around the ship because your dad tried to convince her to come on the Andromeda initiative with you, but she decided to stay behind mm -hmm. because her and this guy named Shepard were looking at these this new race called the Geth, you know? So there's callbacks to it, but, you know, ultimately these people don't, at least yet, don't know anything that's happened, which is good because when I heard they were doing another Mass Effect game, the ending of Mass Effect 3, no matter which of the three decisions you ultimately ended with, it was literally galaxy changing. I mean, mm -hmm. the entire status quo of all living and sentient life was affected by that. And I don't know how you would have done a sequel with that. This was, I think, an ingenious way to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you liked Mass Effect, I would highly recommend it. Even if you didn't like Mass Effect, but you like a good RPG and a good sci-fi RPG, even then I would say mm. maybe it's not your bag for 60 bucks, but maybe in three months it'll go on sale and it'll be well worth 40 so yeah, for sure goodbye <laughs> <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by the bohemian brewery located at 94 east fort union boulevard in midvale utah please make sure to like and rate us on itunes be sure to check out our friends through being cool and we'll catch you guys next week